Broadcasting from the formal state of Oregon in FEMA Region 10, it's your host, Joshua Michael. Tell me would you kill Overturn Roe well, if West. we put another two or perhaps three justices on, that's really what's going to be had. That will happen, and that'll happen it's automatically, really in my opinion, because I am putting pro-life justices on the court. Really I will say this: it will go back to the states, and the states will really then make a determination. Wow, what an amazing prediction! Can you believe that was back in 2016 uh, when Trump was saying that against the evil uh, Hillary Clinton in the debate? Uh, leading into the presidency. My house, things have changed. But the prediction has come true. The Roe versus Wade has been overturned, as you know, as you know, it's probably on every newspaper, every news outlet, on every news station, news anything, every single thing. Uh, it's it's everywhere. It's a huge victory uh, for the pro-lifers and uh, for children all across the country. So congratulations to you. Thank you. Thank you. This is a step in a beautiful direction. And I'll explain to you, probably not the reason that you think that I think this is a step in the right direction. Now, there are many, many positives and many good things that are, are from this. And stating the obvious, you know, we don't really have to state the obvious. Yes, children are going to be protected everywhere and they're going to stop murdering babies in a huge chunk of the country. Now, places like... Uh, FEMA Region 10 here in this armpit of the country, uh, they are still going to be doing that. And all this has done has essentially given it back to the states and allowing the states to make decisions, which I believe is the entire step in the right direction because federal jurisdiction, federal oversight, pretty much on anything, uh, I believe is unconstitutional. I think all the states should essentially be able to make their decisions uh, in all that regard. And that's kind of the premise of the United States, which is why we have states in general to allow that separation of power from the federal and the government overreach and allowing the states. I even think it should even go deeper like they're doing in Montana and go down to the counties. So counties make the decisions because that way you're directly involved and it, your, your reach is right around you. You get to control your destiny. And that is the American way in the American system. Okay. So how is this also a good thing? How is this also a good thing uh, and a step in the right direction? And I'll tell you, uh, 
because a lot of people are still asleep. Believe it or not, if you're listening to this, you're probably not asleep and you probably know what's going on and you keep track of what's going on. Now, I know life's really overwhelming. Food prices are going up. Gas prices are going up. Things are really stressful everywhere. And that's meant to distract you from the news cycles of being involved. And granted, you should if you have uh, things that you need to take care of, like preparing for the oncoming uh, disaster that's going to happen with the increased food shortages and things like that. Okay, so if you got to take care of that, great. But if you can tune into my show for just a minute, great. Go to noncompliantamerica.com, subscribe, jm at noncompliantamerica.com is my email. And I have a couple questions for you, and I need to know your opinion. How else is this a good thing? So many people are asleep. Everybody's uh, uh, you know, on the sidelines still. This pushes people off of the sidelines and into the arena. And why is that so important? Because it's the animated contest of liberty. It's the animated engagement of the American system. And the basis of the American system working. Now, if you agree with me, if you disagree with me, that's fine. At least you're still engaged. It's important. It's always important to have dialogue, which is why the First Amendment is so important. But it's also important to be engaged in your system, right? And all the good people, all the good people that I talk to all the time, they don't know what to do. They don't know how to be engaged. They don't know what to do, right? They're scared or they're, they're worried about these psychotic leftists doxing them or anything else. That's part of the battle for this country that all of us are going to have to endure and understand the further and more people, good people that get involved and understand we have to be engaged. We have to be active. We can no longer sit on the sidelines. And what this is, this is going to radicalize the base of the radical leftists, which everybody's so scared of them. This is going to radicalize them and then now give them justification to blow up buildings, to, uh, you know, endure an extreme amount of violence through the summer. Now, what's that going to do? Is that going to scare some people? Maybe, maybe. But I also think that most people and enough people are like, okay, listen, 2020, Black Lives Matter nonsense. We sat on the sidelines. They scared us, this and that and the other thing. Okay. Then in 2021, they had more violence and more excuses for violence. Now it's 2022. It's like, okay, guys, listen, we can't no longer, we can no longer sit on the sidelines anymore. You've ruined our business. You're trying to indoctrinate our children. You're destroying all the fundamental fabrics of our entire country. You no longer can sit on the sidelines anymore, people. No longer. Even if that means voting with your dollar. Even if that means going and choosing to unsubscribe from whatever subscription that you're on by some radical leftist organization that you had no idea about, but now you do know about because they support abortion, right? If you don't support abortion and you don't support killing babies, then maybe you shouldn't be spending money. And this is the simplest way. You shouldn't be spending money with companies and groups that support that. 
And that's where the great divide is happening. And so radicalizing these leftists and getting them, you know, literally screaming on the streets on the Supreme Court steps in the name of wanting to kill their children with the AOC and Maxine Waters. And we got some clips we're going to play with them. Um, that's fine. Let them have that and expose themselves for who they are. So no longer are there any sidelines. And, and that's why I think this is such a beautiful win for us is because we can be more engaged and have more victories. And so why do I think that this happened? Why do I think that the Supreme Court decided to uh, unwind this? I don't have any information on that. I'm not sure why they decided to do that. But I can tell you uh, what the outcome is going to be from that. And that's the summer of love. Remember the summer of love? Well, it's going to be the summer of rage because now the leftists and the radical Democrats, the Democratic Party, they now have a topic that's front and center on everything all over that they can uh, then pivot on and have an excuse for why they are doing what they're doing. Now, a couple things. On Thursday... Well, it's actually this morning, Saturday morning, uh, Biden signs a bipartisan gun safety bill into law. It's going to supposedly save a lot of lives, right? So as this is happening, as the great distraction is happening now, I don't want to take away from it. I think it's a great thing, but they're doing things like this. This got zero coverage. Nobody's talking about this gun bill that just got signed into law this morning. Nobody's talking about that. Everybody's talking about the Roe versus Wade, which is great. Uh, but, you know, now you have extremist groups calling for violence over the abortion ruling. So they're getting violence. Now, this is on the Washington Post. They're talking about bringing rifles. So now it's time to bring rifles. And a fringe group on the far right and far left issued. So they have to add. So notice this. Now, this is, this, is, uh, this is the Washington Post reporting. And this is how they skew things, right? They try, to, they try to make it seem as if, you know, the far righters, the far right, which, please, if you can, please somebody send me a definition of what a far right group is. Okay, what's the definition of a far right group? Write out your list. And then write out the definition of a far left group and see how many adjectives you can come up with on either or. It's a fun, it's a very fun experiment because you'll find it very interesting of what defines a far rightist, a far right, quote, extremist. You'll see on there, soccer moms, somebody who doesn't want to teach their kids about sex at age five. You know, somebody that doesn't want their kid to wear a mask, <laughs> you know, all these like normal things is considered a far right. Then you got leftists, Molotov cocktails, violent extremists, internet warriors, keyboard warriors, doxing agents, you know, people like that. So it's kind of a fun experiment. So the fringe group 
issues a call to take up arms on Friday in the sign of the escalating tension over the U.S. Supreme Court's abortion ruling. Defend your churches tonight, called a uh, far-right activist, Nick Fuentes, which is true because this is why I say that there's no more sidelines. There's no more sidelines. They are coming for you. They are coming for you. You can sit at home and cower in your house and just wait for them. Or you can link up with your fellow people and be engaged and be involved. And that that doesn't mean go out and be violent and contest against these people. But that means is get active in the information war that we are in. We are in a quiet, cold war that's really close to going hot. Uh, And we talked about that with Christy Hutcherson with a bunch of things that is actually going on behind the scenes and what they're trying to provoke. So this is an escalation. And whether you choose to admit it or whether you want to admit it, that's what's happening. And that's what I really, truly believe why they're overturning this right now is because they need the crescendo. They need the catalyst to justify the oncoming onslaught of escalating topics and issues and situations that are going to be happening right into the midterms. Because keep in mind, let's not lose sight. The whole purpose of all of this stuff. Now, as great as it is, I don't want to take away from it. The whole purpose, I believe, of all of this stuff is to further escalate the divide, escalate the violence, escalate the intimidation, because we all know who's on the side of the far right extremists, or excuse me, the far left extremists. Because there's not really a lot of far right extremists out there. There are a couple, most of them are FBI controlled and handled and are actually either leftists or FBI or federal agents handling a small fringe group somewhere, right? That's what comes out time and time and time again for these quote far right extremists. Now, Nick Fuentes is not a far right extremist to me, but the, the escalation that's going to be happening into what I call the midterm variant, which is the great distraction for them to take away from the oncoming red wave that's about to happen. And that's why I think that this Roe versus Wade uh, uh, decision is set up to spark and be the catalyst to segue right into the summer to where now there's going to be a massive amount. The DHS memo, violent extremism likely in wake of the Roe versus Wade. So this is on Axios again, another left-wing group. They're just saying government officials uh, said might likely more at risk. So now they're trying to intimidate more government officials, try to eliminate the American system and bully people into making decisions and doing what the leftists want. We'll be back on the other side. Broadcasting from the formal state of Oregon in FEMA Region 10, 
It's your host, Joshua Michael. Me six feet deep, they want me under the dirt, don't want to let me breathe. They want my mama to hurt, they might know my face, they might know my name, but they don't know my past. They never Welcome back, Joshua Michael, Non-Compliant America. Somebody pray for me. Man, the homies in the sky <laughs> diving in, talking about Roe versus Wade and about the uh, overturning. Just let it be known that it's going to be a fight, and it's going to be a fight for this country, uh, and if we don't get involved, we will lose. But what a great thing is, and a great opportunity, that this decision uh, is happening right before the summer, coincidentally, <laughs> I mean, the timing, folks, is impeccable, you know? And and the reason being is because, like I was saying in the, in the break, is they are trying to create a catalyst to further divide the country, to create more divide, which I do think that we need. Everybody talks about coming together. Well, you can't negotiate with terrorists. You can't negotiate your rights. You can't negotiate with radicals. They do not negotiate. All they do is take and take and take. That's all they do. They're like a cancer. So all they're going to do is feed off the host. So you can't negotiate with that. So anybody that's a moderate somewhere, stop trying to negotiate with these terrorists because that's what they are. They are communist terrorists trying to destroy your fundamental rights. And I'm sorry, but murdering your child inside the womb is not a right. And it's not protected by the Constitution. It's murder. They have 3D graphs now all over. You can look at them all over of babies inside the womb, you know, three, four months. They're playing, they're clapping, they're sucking their thumb. They're alive, folks. And so it's, it's, it's really no debate anymore. No debate. It's, it's straight up murder. And you have these women that enjoy murdering their kids and they talk about it i've had 15 abortions and i love it and i'll i'll do it it's my body my choice but then when it comes to talking about the vaccine oh no we all have to do that we all have to play our part you have to get a vaccine or you can't buy groceries right what about my body my choice shut up you racist bigot so anyways the dhs memo so now the DHS is suddenly worried about violent extremism. This time, I think there is some violent extremism that's going to come from this. Because who's violent and who's extreme? The leftists. The leftist radical Antifa groups. The Black Lives Matter organization groups. Right? They are the ones that are violent and they are the ones that have been violent. They're being protected and curated from groups like the Washington Post and CNN and the main media organizations. You guys know this. We know it. It's, it's all very apparent, right? But they need a catalyst <clears throat> to really escalate things and give an excuse for these groups to start going hot because they've been priming them and, and handling them and preparing them to do something. So they, now they need an excuse for these guys to get crazy. So the government issued a memo 
It, uh, it lists reproductive health care facilities and faith-based organizations as potential targets for acts of violence and extremism. So, like the pro-lifer people are out there <laughs> uh, firebombing reproductive health care facilities. Uh, yeah, that's not happening anywhere. But what is happening is that the faith-based organizations are becoming targets by the radical extremist leftists, right? So I, I hate this kind of reporting because they always try to paint both sides as being the problem when we all know the problem is the radical leftists. So the intelligence agency says that it's aware of arson attacks by both anti-abortion rights and abortion rights activists targeting pregnancy resources. So here's here's another thing. Crappy reporting. <clears throat> it just says generalized broad strokes. Attacks by both both, both anti-abortion rights. Where? Which anti-abortion rights? And abortion rights activists targeting pregnancy resource centers. We know that because it's happening everywhere. It's happening in Arizona. <clears throat> it's happening at the Supreme Court right now. They are uh, losing their mind, right? Now, if they were, you know, anyways, I just can go off on about it every, everywhere. So what I also want to talk about is going on in the background. Biden signs a bipartisan gun safety bill into law, and he says it's supposed to save lives. So Saturday, which is today, first signed a major first gun safety bill. So this is this is this is why this stuff uh, can be distracting, right? Because everybody's talking about Roe versus Wade. That's great. Meanwhile, they're taking your rights away in the background, and this is being signed by both the Republicans and the Democrats in office right now. The package represents the most significant new federal legislation to address gun violence since it expired 10-year assault weapons ban of 1994. Though it fails to ban any weapons and falls short of what Biden and his party advocated for, the polls show most Americans want to see. I disagree, CNN, Communist News Network. They, they, they try to say, how do you know what most Americans think? Your skewed polls, your skewed polls, where you're 15, 20, 20 to 1 in all your polls that you do. So I'd like to see where you say most Americans want to see gun reform. I disagree. I think most Americans understand now it's important to have a gun. I think most Americans understand now the importance of the Second Amendment. I, I strongly, strongly agree and think that that's what happens. And why do I know that? Because the other thing that nobody's talking about is New York, just by the Supreme Court, they basically allowed New York to have a concealed carry again. So now if you're in New York, you can carry a gun. So gun rights are coming back to New York, which is another huge victory. And what does all this mean? What does this signify? Is this something that we can just all go back to sleep? I don't think so. You're listening to Joshua Michael, Noncompliant America. We'll be right back. Thank you. 
time to unmask the truth and expose the lies. The occupied forces do not want you to hear this broadcast. Breaking through the censorship and delivering raw, unedited content, it's Joshua Michael with Non-Compliant America. Welcome back, folks. We are in the third segment here, jumping right into Non-Decline America. Lots and lots and lots of things are happening. The Supreme Court is doing the ruling, but also uh, Joe Biden just signed into law with Congress, uh, probably the one of the most draconian uh, measures uh, attacking the Second Amendment. And who better uh, to talk about the Second Amendment, Second Amendment here in Oregon is... Kevin Starrett. If we could uh, get Kevin, can you hear me? Awesome. Okay, that's great. So, Kevin, what is going on? Uh, I, you know, we've everybody's talking about this Roe versus Wade thing, and, and which I think is a really, really big topic, uh, and it's a huge victory for all the pro pro life people and everything else. But how convenient is it, and how interesting is it that they're sneaking this right into this weekend? I think you just signed it this morning. Uh, what can you say about this new bill that's uh, attacking the Second Amendment? This bill, like so many other bills, is a product of capitulation on the part of the Republicans, which has kind of become their calling card. And so at a time when the Democrats have demonstrated that they are actually turning the country into a giant, you know, third world hellhole, where it would be easy for them to take over Congress, they've decided to throw a bone to their opponents and crawl into bed with them to once again attack the rights of law-abiding gun owners, which is just inane, but so typical of them. And essentially, you know, what they've done is everything the Democrats asked them to do, which is to bribe the states to now take away people's rights with no due process, with red flag laws, that make you lose your property and your rights based on an accusation that doesn't even involve necessarily any kind of criminal activity. So you aren't being convicted of a crime. You aren't even being accused of a crime. You're just being accused of making someone uncomfortable. And as a result, what happens is your guns get arrested. And when your guns get arrested, if you are genuinely dangerous, you are still free to walk around and be dangerous. But the t- cops take your guns into custody. And then it's up to you to go and prove that you're not crazy. Now, of course, that is a law that's already in effect in Oregon. The federal law claims to have some safeguards, but the safeguards are, are pretty much non-existent in an environment where the entire federal machine is locking up people just because they disagree with them. And, of course, we will see this creep on and on and on. So the the threshold for taking away people's property will continue to drop. And anybody who upsets someone on the left will have this accusation made. The courts will determine you can't have this property. The cops will come and take it. And then it'll be your problem. And then and then then it'll be your your job at that point to defend yourself. At your own expense. At your own expense. Now you're going up against the state to try to get your property back based on an accusation. So we've seen this before with CPS. I know Lindsey Graham uh, talks about how uh, CPS and DHS have have gone to their house and threatened to take away her kids simply for keeping her business open, uh, putting her kids in jeopardy. Uh, I know a lot of cases where they've done that as well. And this is just a natural progression. Now they're going after the firearms, which they have a similar law already here in Oregon, but now they're looking to do it federally. Uh, which which is a slippery slope. And I think it really progresses into 
where they're trying to take us, which is your neighbor can just accuse you of anything. And at that point, they can just lock you away and throw away the key and essentially just disappear you into uh, an oblivion ghetto. Uh, Well, it's certainly happening already. I mean, we've seen people who've been charged with minor crimes like trespassing sitting in a solitary confinement for well over a year with no access to attorneys or or in due process there. So it's nothing new and it's going to continue. But it wasn't just that. I mean, they've amped up background checks. Now, most people would say, what's wrong with a background check? We don't want crazy people to get guns. Well, the problem is, of course, is that crazy people regularly pass background checks. But far more upsetting than that or equally upsetting is that good people very often don't pass background checks. And in Oregon, it is a massive problem where even the most ardent anti-gunners have come and testified that 95 percent of delays on gun transfers are in error, which means that 95 percent of the people who are told that they can't they can't purchase a gun or they're delayed for as long as the police want are perfectly qualified to get them. So clearly, irrespective of the good intentions, the system does not work, period. Now, even if it did, we'd object to it because it's a prior restraint on a right. I mean, I don't have to ask for permission yet to go to church or write a letter to the editor. I will probably soon. But here's something that the courts have said is a fundamental right, but I've got to ask for permission to do it. And the people who grant the permission in Oregon do a very, very bad job of it and have no obligation to do it in any time frame. Now, they say that there are safeguards because if you're not approved in three days, you're allowed to have the gun. But that's nonsense because you're practically speaking, it can't happen. And now what they want to do is increase that time and say that anyone between the ages of 18 and 21 are going to be subject to more heightened and scrutinizing background checks. And they're not going to be protected by the three day rule. And so the you know, and here in Oregon, what they're talking about is that, well, you know, young men's minds aren't fully fully formed till they're 26. So let's wait till they're 26 or 27 to be able to buy guns. And in this case, they're pointing to two circumstances, two situations, Texas and Buffalo, where 18 year olds were involved. Mm-hmm. But what about all the situations where crimes are committed by 36 year olds and 41 year olds? And why not just raise the age to 46 or 47? So it's just one more impediment. And the, the reality is, is that background checks simply do not function correctly. And a lot of good people whose lives might be in jeopardy are prevented from having the means to protect themselves and their family because cowards in the Republican Party won't stand up to their overlords on the left. Yeah. And I really uh, love that you touch on that point and you really bring that um, bring that home with talking about how it. it the Republicans are part of the issue. And, you know, we always give them a pass and a lot of people try to give them a pass. And I really don't think that that's necessarily a good thing. We need to get good people that uh, mean well and will represent and, and, and represent the people properly. So shifting gears here on that, what's your take on the Roe versus Wade situation? You know, we were in a really interesting time uh, in this country. We have this Roe versus Wade. Now, granted, it's a, it's a small victory. I don't, I don't think it's a giant victory, um, but it's, it's a good victory. Everybody's talking about it, you know, and it's basically giving everything back to the states. Now, it, how interesting in the same breath, you know, New York uh, recently had uh, the concealed carry brought back to them. 
um, which is great. So now their their rights are getting better. So it's kind of this dance that they're doing. They're giving us a bone uh, in return. They're overextending their reach on other things like this new gun bill that they're passing and pushing through. So what's your thoughts on the overall climate of the political space? Are we moving in a good direction? Are we stepping backwards? Are we pretty stagnant? Uh, what's your case on or what's your take on that, Kevin? Well, you know, for conservatives, the, the Supreme Court decision on Roe v. Wade was certainly a positive thing. The reality is, is that, you know, let the rioting begin, that, you know, that the bloodbath is going to started last night. And, mm-hmm. and it's it's as bad as it's ever been with an addition of some new crazies. You know, the ironic thing, of course, is that all of this bloodletting is going on in places where abortion is not at any risk at all. There's a little ironic about that. But. This is going to be a really ugly summer because the left, as we've seen, is a Supreme Court decision that says we're going to turn this over to the states. The left has immediately transferred this and lied about it and said, oh, you know, women are going to die. The president says the same thing. They're taking away our rights. They're going to force us to be pregnant. And and the the, the really comical part of it is when we have legislators like uh, Akasha Spence, who's a black woman in the Oregon legislature, claiming that any restriction on abortion is a result of white supremacists. And I'm going to go out on a limb here. I'm pretty sure that white supremacists are not eager to encourage black people to have children. But that's how demented this is, is that everything gets perverted into something out. This is screaming and hysteria. But what's more frightening about it is when you have the Department of Justice basically signaling that they intend to ignore Supreme Court decisions. That is a recipe for absolute anarchy and chaos. And it started. It started immediately Mm -hmm. where you have places like pregnancy care centers, largely manned by elderly women alone, whose only job is to provide some benefits and some counseling for young girls who are have unexpected pregnancies and nobody's forcing them to do anything but now they're being firebombed and now you have jane's revenge saying yep this is just a down payment we gave you time to close down now we're going to come and kill you this is utter madness that people who claim to be about choice tell you if you don't choose what we want we will come and murder you Yep. And the FBI stands by and watches all of this happen. So morally, it was, it was a great victory. Practically speaking, you know, you better get your body armor out. That's of right. Here. And that's really what it is. Is I, I, And that's what I was talking about the first half of my show is that this is a catalyst to where, you know, uh, the, the premise of the message of this show is simply there's no more sidelines. There's, there's no more sidelines. You can't stand by on the sidelines anymore. This is activating all the... Uh, leftist group extremists and giving them a catalyst and an excuse to have a summer of rage, a summer of craziness and everything else. Look here on the Washington Post, um, an extremist left group saying, bring your rifles and a call for violence. Oh, right, exactly. Like, so it, it's it's absurd that they are actually out there doing that, curing favor through companies, groups like CNN and the, the media is basically covering up their actual violence, uh, which we'll probably see it naturally progress. We already know you know, with the Black Lives Matter movements and the Antifa riots and things like that versus the January 6th, uh, quote, insurrection, which was hardly an insurrection if we were there. It was an open house, really. It was. It was a Tea Party. You know, there basically is what it was. It was the Boston Tea Party of 2020, you know. So 
anyways, back to that. It's it's really hypocrisy, and I and I and I really agree with you. I think that we are getting into a point where it's a catalyst to activate the left. It's throwing us a bone. Yes, we're having a victory, but they don't have Trump in office anymore to to charge up the left and get them and have an excuse. We're talking here with Kevin Starr, the Oregon Firearms Federation. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back here. Joshua Michael of Noncompliant America here on 104.3 KSLM 1220 AM. And it is a historic weekend of 2022. We thought you the Valdi shooting was bad. Uh, the uh, gas prices going up, all the hyperinflation, everything else, and all just the mass chaos that's unfolding in through the Biden administration. He's just basically asleep at the wheel on purpose, completely collapsing everything and every aspect of everything. And in a natural progression, he's coming after the Second Amendment. And I think we got Kevin Starrett on the line. We were talking about the attacks and the excuse and the, uh, the, the big activator that this Roe versus Wade uh, situation is actually doing. And I think that it's, it's meant to charge up the left as it is giving us an opportunity to feel good, have celebration. Marjorie Taylor Greene is on the steps of the Supreme Court saying it's a great thing. And it is a great thing. It's, it's great in the fact that we're giving states their powers back, which the federal government virtually had no jurisdiction over anyway. Um, but the reality is, is that this is just bracing the left. They've been charged up. They leaked the Roe versus Wade argument months ago to prime all of their, all of their nonprofit uh, activated groups to, to, to prime all of their stuff leading up to this weekend. So we're right before the 4th of July and what a perfect time. All the regular good hearted red blooded Americans are looking to get out and go celebrate and do stuff. I believe Kevin, I, I honestly believe that there's going to be a lot of disruptors out there. There's going to be a lot of activity going on. So as you said before, it's time to wear your vest. It's time to lock your gates. Uh, it's time to get, um, get in line with your neighbors. Um, and, and really know that they're going to be moving to, uh, I think, uh, and make a step stab at us, you know, and, uh, well, they, you know, they, they made no it. secret of it. They Absolutely. promised it. It started last night. Well, it started before last night because yep. it started when the when the, the decision was leaked mm-hmm. and the and the pregnancy care centers and Catholic churches started getting attacked. Last night, they went absolutely nuts. I, I know for a fact that there are special operations teams of police have been activated in preparation for what's going to happen tonight. And it is the summertime, which means riot season has begun. And I think that they had they had tamped things down, certainly in Oregon for a while because elections are coming up. The Democrat candidate for governor, Tina Kotek, is literally associated with Antifa. And there's no question she put the word out to them to cool it so that the people wouldn't be reminded constantly about what insanity the Democrats have brought us until after the election. And now with this decision, you know, the rage is once again started. The damage is going to be incalculable. I mean, people are already being dragged out of their cars and beaten. Mm-hmm. And anyone who has chosen to say, I don't really want to be involved in politics, probably should never leave the house again, because you're not going to get an opportunity to not be involved in this. 
That's right. The country is literally burning. It's not an accident. It was planned. It has been financed. And you have to pick a side. And it's it's not pretty. And it isn't it isn't something most rational people would want anything to do with. But it's here, period. Yeah. So in that, um, for the people, the rational people, the normal people, the common sense people that are listening, what would you suggest for them to do? What kind of recommendations would you suggest for them? You know, obviously this this overreach bill that was passed uh, federally, you know, now now we have another thing to contend with. But what kind of things would you recommend for people to do to get prepared for for this summer and for, frankly, the future? Well, the left has promised to to attack people. They're going to do it mindlessly. Recognize that we now live in an extremely dangerous society and an environment where the police are not coming, where the FBI is compromised, where the judicial system is on the pad. It's up to you to protect yourself and make sure you have the means to do that. That's right. And you know, whatever that is going to require, it'd be helpful if you've communicated with friends and neighbors and have an ability to talk to them when things get really bad. If someone's in trouble, that there's somewhere to come. Oh, we lost you, Kevin, there for just a second. But I think that, yeah, absolutely, you're but right. There's yep. no guarantee they're going to be there. It's a horrible, ugly reality and one people can no longer avoid. And that's really it. Um, you know, really talking with your neighbors is, is, is so key because at any point in time and at any moment, uh, something could pop off. If you're outspoken, if you're just in the wrong place, the wrong time, suddenly your viral goes video. Now you're getting docs. Now you have people in front of your house. Um, you know, or, or you just, you're unfortunate enough to have to drive to the airport, Yeah, you know, or something like that. You know, you may think that you're in a safer community, but at some point you may have to leave that community. And we've already seen people carjacked during the middle of the day on i-5 we've seen demonstrations and riots near the airport you know if you're unfortunate enough to have to go into a city if it be at salem or eugene or portland you can inadvertently find yourself in one of those situations and obviously being aware of your surroundings and paying it you know a lot of people you know i talked to people at an event i was at today that had no idea about the riots that took place last night you know, there are people like, I just don't want to listen to the news. I want to tune out. That's not an option. If yep. you don't want to listen to the news, you better just stay home all the time. Yep, because it's going to be in your face whether you like it or not. And I think this Roe versus Wade decision is definitely doing that. Um, and I, I definitely think that they're going to make another run at uh, the Second Amendment. I, I don't think this has even begun. Well, they promised it. They promised it. I mean, Schumer has said this is, a, you know, for 40 years, what have they been telling us? Every new gun control act is a first step. We had a lot of first steps. And so this last one, they didn't get everything they wanted. The Republicans gave up everything, got nothing in return. They will, they will never be satisfied. They'll never be enough. They're coming back, rest assured. And in Oregon, it's going to be much more immediate, much more devastating because the Democrats have promised to ban everything they can in Salem. And there is no Republican opposition. The Republicans refuse to fight because they get paid off. So people should recognize that this is on the way and that there's not going to be any, anybody standing up to protect them. And that's an unfortunate reality, but it is the way it is. Yeah. So in that kind of shifting gears a little bit, you know, Oregon, I think, you know, is definitely one of the armpits of the nation uh, as far as, you know, just not uh, just going the exact opposite of, you know, what the founding fathers are and our rights and stuff. So what do you think? Have you been following the greater Idaho movement? 
uh, with the uh, partitioning parts of Oregon. Have you followed any of that? Yeah, I followed it a bit. I mean, it's, it's an understandable desire on people's part, but I think it's largely misplaced energy because yeah. it would require the permission of Oregon. And until we get control or, or you know, I don't know that Republicans are going to, well, I didn't say Republicans are never going to do anything, but the conservatives get control of at least some minority of the legislature who's willing to stand up. Nothing good's ever going to come out of our legislature. And if the legislature or the powers that are in control have to approve a change like that, you can rest assured it's never going to happen because the people in Portland want to make sure they hold on to the rest of the state because it is their private park where no one's allowed to work. Yeah. So if you actually live in a place that re requires that relies on natural resources, if you farm, ranch, log, fish, you are expendable. You are a knuckle dragging hillbilly who no one cares about. But we want to go ride our mountain bikes there. So they're not going to let that go because there's too much there's too much valuable. You know, there's resources and revenue available there. I so I, I'm, I'm on board with people who want to disassociate themselves from the swamp scum that run this state. But I don't think that's a. I don't think that's a practical way to go about it. At least not at this juncture, right? The first right. and foremost, we have to get good Republicans in and win back the majority uh, of the Senate and the House. And that's a very, very long stretch. First, we have to obviously fix the elections. Um, and now we have Christine Drazen that we have to figure out and uh, Betsy Johnson, which it's just it's an ups, it's an it's a it's a upward hill that we're having to climb for sure. So well, certainly. No, and, and people are saying, well, what do we do now? We have three incredibly loathsome people who are running for governor mm -hmm. and people are trying to determine what's the least bad. And I couldn't tell you which. I mean, we, we agree on what's the most bad. But it's pretty hard to figure out what the least bad is. Well, that's the thing. We're back to, you know, 2001, 2002, you know, voting the, the lesser of evils. And that's always been the mentality for a lot of people voting. Kevin Starrett, thank you very much for diving in with us. We appreciate your time and uh, Godspeed. Thank you. It's better to die on your feet than live on your knees. Broadcasting live, it's Joshua.